Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, uh, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 133 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful start to your day and I hope that wherever you're joining from that you are doing well and that your loved ones are doing well and that your practice is uh, going well. I feel like for many of us, uh, the summer months can be a time where practices can naturally slow down and we're thinking a lot about vacations as are our clients and fall tends to be a time when things are starting to pick back up. Today's podcast conversation is with Dr. Joy Harden Bradford. Joy is a psychologist down in Decatur, Georgia. She is also the creator of the website and the blog Therapy for Black Girls. And uh, she is in private practice where she mainly works with African American women who have gone through breakups. But Joy is here to talk about just building this website and this brand called Therapy for Black Girls and what she's learned along the way. I was like super excited for this conversation because. I've gotten to connect with Joy and I don't know, she's just one of the friendliest and just most easygoing people that I've ever met. And there's just a, just a wonderful presence about her. And she's just, you know, there's, when you hear the interview, you'll notice the authenticity by which she carries herself. And I think that's one of the things that's always like resonated for me. So in today's podcast, we are going to be exploring a number of different questions. First of all, we're going to be starting with this idea of her brand called, again, called Therapy for Black Girls and how she developed this brand, how she has stayed true to her calling and how she has done it in a way that is authentic. Joy has this amazing ability to really let her personality shine on her website copy and how she speaks to her ideal clients. And we're going to go dive a little deeper into how she thinks through writing copy, how she thinks about writing to her ideal clients, and how more than anything, I think she's given herself permission to be herself on her website. I feel like even for me, I feel like in some ways it, with STC, I feel like I'm more myself with even on my private practice website, I feel like I'm still tweaking and it's like not quite my authentic voice because there's still this weird part of me. Like I have a psychologist hat on and you know, there's like these ideas about who I should be and who I shouldn't be and all of those things. So 
And then we're going to kind of talk about some of the different services that Joy provides. But more specifically, we're going to talk a little bit about how she has labeled, she actually has like multiple sort of services, and she provides unique names to them. And we're going to talk about just sort of like subtle nuances of branding and how things like the names and stuff, how they can resonate or not resonate for clients. And then we kind of wrap up talking a lot about Joy has really taken her idea of her website and just talk and not of it, not just thought of it like a private practice website, but a site for advocacy and how she's been able to kind of really expand and build her brand and some of the things that opportunities that have come her way that she maybe didn't expect. So we'll get right to it. Here's my conversation with Dr. Joy Harden Bradford from therapyforblackgirls.com. Hi, Joy. Welcome to Selling the Couch. Thanks so much for having me, Melvin. I am so excited for our conversation. You know, I think I have gotten to know you. And one of the things that's always resonated for me is just how much of a nice person you are. Well, that's nice to hear. (laughs) You are quite busy. You're doing some pretty amazing things. And I just wanted to just ask you and start with your brand is called Therapy for Black Girls. It's bold, yet it's simple and it's clear. Your website is just, it speaks to your ideal clients. Before we kind of dive into all of those different things, how did you decide on this name? Yeah, it actually happened very organically. So there is an annual award show on BET called Black Girls Rock. Hmm. And I believe the first year that it aired was 2014. And so The award show is just like all about honoring incredible black women who are doing things or doing incredible things in like entertainment, in education, in music, just different genres of life. Hmm. And so I just was so inspired by like the energy, like even though I was only watching on television the energy was palpable even through the screen. And so I just remember thinking like, how could I create something like this specifically for mental health? And that's when the idea came to me, therapy for black girls. It's a cool, like a simple story. Like selling the couch was very similar. Like I thought about couch, you know, and the word selling the came to me in the shower. So (laughs) it's amazing how like, when we take kind of a pause, right, and a step back, how the things that we encounter on a day-to-day basis, whether it's a television show or being on a hike or, you know, whatever it is, like how that really does inspire us. Mm-hmm. I alluded to this earlier, but you have this way of just allowing your personality to really shine on your private practice website. I know that a lot of us in the field struggle with that, right? Because either because, you know, just sort of our ideas of what a therapist should be the whole blank slate idea, all of that. How did you give yourself permission to be you on your private practice website? Yeah, I think that that really developed during my internship year. So I did my internship at the Counseling Center at Virginia Commonwealth University and had just the most amazing supervisors that I ever could have asked for. It's a very psychodynamic, interpersonal process focused center, like the entire center is focused that way. (laughs) And Yeah, and all of the groups. I mean, so it is where I got like the group training that I still kind of hold to. Mm. And so really, there was no other thing for you to be besides yourself, like two hours of supervision every 
week were spent on how you show up in the therapy room and really owning your own voice and how that is the tool for change in working with your client. So I didn't know it then, but connecting the pieces now, I really credit that internship year with really helping me to, you know, further develop as a person and as the clinician that I am. So when you were on internship, just, you know, thinking kind of out loud and not at all to put you on the spot, but like, what parts of who you are did you allow to kind of emerge that maybe was always there, but maybe you kind of held back on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in grad school, I felt very uncomfortable or unsure of like being very challenging in the therapy room. Mm-hmm. And I think on internship, they really helped me to see, you know, like how challenge was not a bad thing and how that really was something that clients need. And so I really feel like they helped me to get the whole idea of like the gentle balance between challenge and support down, Mm. you know, because I'm typically a pretty directive, assertive person. But before my internship year, that was not showing up in therapy. Mm. And so I really feel like internship really helped me to get clearer on, you know, just being my most authentic self, even in therapy with clients. Yeah, when I almost feel like it it seems to have almost impacted the website, the brand, right? Because it is like, it's very clear, and it's very direct. And I I do wonder, like, if it, if the internship and kind of what you learned and owning your voice and all of those things, I wonder if it did play a role in it as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And I also think, you know, I was very intentional about wanting to make sure I got experience working with black women clients on internship. And that was not at all shunned. I ran a group for black undergrads, black women undergrads on campus. And all of that was really encouraged, even though that was not something that was currently going on in the center when I got there. So I really feel like they just gave me space to kind of explore all of the things that I was interested in, in a way that felt very very affirming. Did you know that you wanted to work with that population? Like, I guess, when did you figure that out? I don't know that I knew then that that would be like my target. Mm. I always knew that the black community would be much of my intended population. But I don't think that I knew on internship that I would focus so specifically on working with black women. Yeah. So I guess what I almost hear in that is you may not have had, I feel like this is applicable in both like when we're still in clinical training, but also when we're at that initial stages of the private practice journey, which is for many of us, I think there's sort of a a general focus that we're sort of envisioning long term. But sometimes we have to take those initial steps to figure out how that actually what that looks like and sort of the nuances of it. Right, right. So the internship experience, as you got done with the internship and became licensed, You developed this voice. And how do you think that having that voice has helped you in as a private practice clinician? I think it really has drawn my ideal clients to me because I don't feel like I'm very apologetic about showing up as who I am in my copy, in session, you know, like on social media, like all of that is truly my voice. And so and even in the podcast, really, I think has even taken that to another level because people hear me now and really get a sense of who I am, like even beyond just what they read on the page. So I really think people have a good idea of like who they will be getting as a therapist once they actually schedule an appointment with me. Yeah, so there's more of a, I guess, there's a glimpse into your personality through the website, through the podcast and all of these things. So I think you're saying this, but like, 
it sounds like what you almost envision the website is that this gives a glimpse of what who you are and it's what it's like to work with you without actually being in the therapy room. Right, right. And, you know, my website and my brand is really kind of a hybrid between like my private practice and also what I consider to be like some public health kind of work, Mm -hmm. you know, because the articles and blog posts that I write on the website really are not all about like my specific interests, like my practice niche is like working with black women who have recently are still struggling with a breakup, you know, but the website contains information about like postpartum and getting back into grad school and getting into undergrad and how to manage those different life transitions. So it really is a hybrid of, you know, like speaking to my ideal audience or my ideal client and also just general information that I think black women would benefit from related to their mental health. Got it. So like, You're focused on a certain niche in private practice, but you are addressing all of these different concerns because it almost sounds like part of your role, and I think this is the way that I see myself too, is is not just as psychologist or clinician, but as advocate as well. Absolutely. It's a perfect way to describe it. So when you write to folks that are not your ideal clients, right? So when you write these pieces, for example, on postpartum, for example, Does that end up, is it sort of for psychoeducation? Has it led to clients or like what is, I guess, guide us through that process and what that's been like? Yeah, it really primarily is for psychoeducation. But the other cool thing, and again, I feel like I stumbled upon these things that have been like really successful for me without very much strategy or a plan. (laughs) (laughs) So another thing that I have developed as a part of the website is a therapist directory. Therapists across the country can sign up to have a listing on the site. So when I get these emails that say, oh, I read your article about postpartum, you know, is this something that you do? Can you help me? I can then direct them to a therapist who may be in their city or state who could work with them on those concerns. Yeah, no, that's wonderful because you are, you're connecting clients to the people that have the training and then you're supporting colleagues as well, which to me, that's like the best, you know, the best like way to do it. Right, right. Everybody wins. Yeah. So you started this directory, which I mean, I just want to say, like, side note, you organized it just so it's like so simple in its design, but it's like so powerful, because it's just like a couple of clicks, like, okay, I'm looking in this state, and this is who I need to find, right? (laughs) Right. Like, it doesn't have to get, you know, any more complicated than that. Yes. Um, I think like you're saying this, which is, I think, a common struggle that, that many clinicians struggle with, which is we want to have like all of this figured out, what our career and what our practices, we want to have like have it, you know, our 25 year plan (laughs) figured out today. (laughs) Right. And I think what I've learned, and I I think what, what you're saying is sometimes what you have to do is take a simple dream or a simple idea take the first step, put it into action, because there are certain things that will evolve from it that only you can only figure out once you've taken that first step. Yes, exactly. I mean, like I said, I really feel like for much of what I do, I don't really have a plan or a strategy, but I know that I want to be of service. And so I think in serving the people that are important to me and serving the community that is important to me, I then stumble upon, you know, these business ideas that, you know, tend to work out. You just said this word service, and I think it's just 
it's a powerful word, I think, once you combine it with private practice. For you as a private practitioner, what does service mean for you? For me, it means really kind of being with and holding space for people in some of their darkest moments and really helping them to kind of see that there can be a light on the other side. And doing that in a way that doesn't feel judgmental, especially for the population that I work with, you know, it takes and I think for any client, it takes a long time for them to make that first call. But I think for black women, you know, because historically, there isn't a lot of time to kind of spend on yourself because you're attending to family and children and all these other things. It's really important for me to cultivate a space where people can kind of let their hair down and not have the need to have this facade and really work on the things that are most important to them. You said you come from this place of service. And so when you're creating content for the blog, I guess, how does that service component kind of play out? I'm not sure I know what you mean. Yeah, no, it's a good question. So like, I guess, <laughs> for me, this is what I've realized. So when I create content from a, like a heart of service, like just genuinely wanting to help people, usually what I have found is that opportunities come up that I just never envisioned. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I focus on saying, okay, how am I going to create this type of content to bring in a private practice client, like get a course sold, like, you know, where I guess the focus is perhaps more on monetary gain, mm -hmm. right? Like for me, at least, I feel like something kind of goes off kilter. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I think when you get into that vein, sometimes that messes with the authenticity, you know, so if you're going into something specifically to see, okay, how many clients can I bring in? How can this be the biggest bang for my buck kind of thing? Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that seeps into the writing that seeps into the content production. But if you're coming from a place of like, I just really think that people need to know this thing, then the people who need to find that will connect with that and continue to follow you. And you know, once you do launch a course or sell a book or whatever, then they are ready to kind of be there to support you. Because they know at the end of the day, you have their back. Right. right, right. So when you're creating content, for example, right, like, we're all human, right? And so we sort of, so you're thinking content to serve. And then you're also thinking, you know, naturally, right? Like, how do I think about my private practice and growing it and all of those things, right? How do you hold like both of those tensions and still, you know, and create that content and provide that service and those kind of things? I guess my private practice is as full as I really needed or wanted to be right now. Mm. And so I really think that that has allowed me to really just kind of create things that are interesting to me that I think my community would enjoy and would be educational. And I'm trying to think, like, I think before my private practice was really full, I don't know that I was doing as much of this, you know, so I was marketing in the more traditional ways by, you know, kind of word of mouth or working with doctor's offices and those kinds of things. But I think since I've really been, you know, kind of, you know, doing more of the blogging and the podcasting and things like that, I'm not really needing to add to my private practice. So my intentions aren't ever really focused on adding clients to a private practice. Right. So that's a good way of looking at it. So I think what you're saying is this sort of marketing piece, one, it, it's sort of multiple layers, right? Like, so being strategic and focusing on a couple of different things, but it is like some common, this is what I've experienced 
too, as I've talked to other clinicians, it's this, I guess, combination of what we think of as traditional ways to market a practice, right? Connecting with physicians, those kind of things, and some more of these online mediums as well. Right. I wanted to shift a little bit and talk a little bit about, oh, I use the word shift and you have a <laughs> this is inside joke that you guys will realize pretty soon here. You provide a range of services and you know, on your website, you have this section called work with Dr. Joy. And many of our colleagues under those sections, they would write something like individual, couple, you know, something like that. But you say things like breakups suck. College Girl <laughs> Confidential, The Shift Sessions. First of all, what motivated you to name them in that way? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so naming things are like one of my favorite things to mm -hmm. do. Like I get so excited when anybody is in like one of the Facebook groups and saying like, hey, can y'all help me name such and such? <laughs> <laughs> like it's one of my favorite things to do. I love alliteration mm -hmm. and rhyming things. So it's one of my favorite things to do. So for me, it feels very natural to have like my services not listed in the traditional way because that's how I tend to think anyway. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it just feels like a fit for me and the brand. Do uh, so whenever clients come in, do they like, you know, you're doing that pre-screen, do they say like, oh my gosh, I love the name? Well, like, how, what kind of feedback do you get on that? Well, I don't know that they've explicitly yeah. said they love the name, but yeah. they definitely reference it, you mm -hmm. know, when they're making the call. You know, they don't typically say like, oh, I want an individual session. They say, um, you know, like I want breakup support or, you know, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So I, I do think it helps to kind of screen out people who may not be ideal for me so that the people who really I need to be working with see very clearly that, you know, the information is provided on the website. Yeah. And I would think that when you have unique names like that, those stand out as opposed to like, you know, I don't know, uh, couples or something like that, right? Where you might see that on or for a client that's looking on multiple websites where they may see that on multiple websites. Right. And then you are more memorable. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I wanted to just wrap up just by asking just about your own like sort of professional journey. This started as a dream on internship, right? Went into a private practice, has now grown into a directory, has now grown into writing, and you launched a podcast. Like, first of all, like, what in the world motivated you to launch a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I am officially podcast obsessed. I listen to probably 15 to 20 different podcasts in a week. Hmm. I have my favorites and then I'm always trying to find something new and exciting too. And so it felt very natural to me that at some point I would be launching a podcast. Hmm. So when I saw the ads for the Healthcasters course, I figured, okay, let me figure out what this might be able to look like for me. You alluded to it earlier, which is you felt like there was something you could communicate through that medium that was different than writing? Yes, yes. I felt like I could reach a bigger audience because more people are listening to podcasts now. But at the same time, I was completely freaked out about it. Like it felt very much more like putting myself out there than just the blog writing um, because people are actually listening to your voice. So it feels much more intimate than, you know, the blog post. Yeah, I've shared my story as well. It's I was there's no rational reason why <laughs> I should have launched selling the couch except you know because I yeah same thing like terrified of my voice terrified to put it out there but I wanted to kind of shift it back and just 
how do you think having this podcast, it's benefited both your practice as well as your career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I definitely have already picked up a couple of private practice clients from it, which has been amazing. Like I expected that to happen like much further down the line. I just launched the podcast in April. So, you know, to me, it has already had an investment or return on investment in that way. But it has also allowed me to connect with like black women across this country and like so many other countries in a way that I just would not have imagined. And, you know, I get messages in my social media inboxes into my email just about you know like how listening to the podcast has helped them to take the step of starting therapy or they will send me questions about you know hey I'm doing this with my therapist you know should I be looking for another one like they really see me as a source of somewhere that they can go to get like good information about mental health, which is incredible. Like I didn't ever anticipate having that type of reach. So it it really has just been much more popular than I really ever thought it would be. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, I think this medium is so neat because like it allows one to grow a business while focused on service, right? Because these episodes, you're just giving like free, valuable content away and you're, but yeah, you just, I don't know. It it is to me like sometimes it feels still weird. Like I record this thing in a home office in Philadelphia, right? And <laughs> right, and then you have like, and I think like yours are growing in a similar way. Like people from other countries and other states sending really nice notes, and you're like, man, you know, like all of this from a little thing recorded in a. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And it has also led to like all of these other opportunities. And a lot of it comes from (laughs) listeners recommending me for things. Mm -hmm. So like a reporter from Teen Vogue, like last week, I believe, was looking for somebody to give some comments about like mental health in the wake of Charlottesville. Mm -hmm. And one of my listeners was like, hey, you should check out Therapy for Black Girls, you know, and the reporter sent me an instant message and we connected and I was cited in in the piece. So, you know, yeah, so it really has not opened up opportunities that I have been searching for. It really has been my listeners like recommending me for different things. No, I think I don't know what it is about the medium of the podcast, but there's such a like an intimate experience that our listeners do um, like get to know, like and trust us. You know, we know we both come from this place of like wanting to serve them. And I think people recognize that, especially in this medium. Right. Joy, I'm so grateful for you. I'm excited to see where all of this will take you and where your career will go. Remember us when you're super famous, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Where can folks learn more about you? Yeah, so the hub for all of my activity is the website. You can check that out at therapyforblackgirls.com. Awesome. Joy, thank you again for doing this, and I'm grateful for you. You're welcome, Melvin. Hi, gang. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joy, and I hope more than anything, I, I hope that it's given you permission to to be yourself and to let that light that's within you and to let that voice that's within you to be able to shine. I feel like in this day and age, that sense of authenticity is so vital and so important, especially to those that we serve. Joy mentioned some tips and all of those things, and I actually put them all together in show notes for you. And you can find that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number one three, three.
You know, I picked up a number of things in my conversation with Joy, and one of the things that I, I really just picked up on, and I alluded to this in the interview, is that I've learned this with both selling the couch and as I have gone back into private practice, which is that I think there's a good quote, and I'm probably going to butcher it, which is, perfection is the enemy of innovation. And I think for many of us, I know for me, I, I definitely struggle with sort of perfectionism and that I want my private practice website, I want STC content to be perfect before I put it out there. And the reality is, and Joy alluded to this, is that she started with a simple dream to want to serve the African-American community and it, out of that evolved several different things, including some of the, the sessions that she provides, this directory that she's creating, which is just wonderful. And again, you can find that over at therapyforblackgirls.com. And more than anything, I just wanted to give you permission to be imperfect. Selling the couch has literally started with three pages of a website. Even the blog looks nowhere near what it used to look like. It was just three pages. I typed a bunch of stuff up and sometimes all we have to do is just show up and be our authentic selves and say, this is who I serve and this is why I serve them. Joy mentioned that she started her podcast, and if that's something that you're thinking about, um, I would love to support you. I actually do free podcasting webinars, workshops. I don't know what to call them. I think they're webinars, so they're online, but I like to make them just super practical. And uh, you can sign up for one, and it's absolutely free. You can sign up over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. Have a great rest of your day, and I'm just so grateful that you would take the time to listen. And again, show notes can be found over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 133. Oh, and one more thing. I imagine we're going to have a really good conversation about branding and thinking through things with regard to private practices. So if you are listening and you are an aspiring or current mental health private practitioner, please come join us in the STC community. Um, there are over 6,000 clinicians there now. We're growing every single day, and you can find that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. For real, have a great rest of your day. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.